Welcome to the ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! Hey everyone, my name's Drew. Welcome on board the Ghost Train Podcast. Now this is the podcast that dives right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. December is here and Christmas is in the air. If you're sick of watching all those lame Hallmark movies, I'm going to be giving you my list of holiday Christmas horror that you need to watch this season to get yourself ready and into the holiday spirit. So here we go. All right, GT listeners, I'm going to be giving you my top five horror Christmas movies to watch this holiday season. So coming in at number five, I have Tales from the Crypt and All Through the House. Now I'm talking the 1972 version, not the made-for-TV version that came out years later, although that is also one of my go-to holiday classics. It's just such a good story. Now if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically a take on Twas the Night Before Christmas. All right. So now, this time, a delusional Santa Claus has escaped from a mental institution, wielding an axe, and finds a woman who has just committed a murder of her husband. And it gets super intense. Watch it, awesome British horror. Coming in at number four, I have Silent Night, Deadly Night. Now, for whatever reason, I remember this, just the VHS cover of this as a kid. It's got Santa's arm coming out of a chimney and he's just holding an ax in his hand. And it just, for whatever reason, it, when I think of Christmas, I think of this movie. It may not be the greatest horror movie ever made, but it's honestly just lots of fun and something that you got to watch every holiday season. I'm just thinking of that opening scene with all those toys on the windowsill and you know you're in for a good one. Coming in at number three is the movie Gremlins. Now this movie has held up in time for me. I love watching this movie over and over. I've watched it with my nieces and nephews now. They love it. It's just one of those movies that just keeps going and is hilarious, fun, but also has some really scary moments in it. You have the cute little gizmo. You have all the gremlins. It's awesome. Just don't feed them after midnight. All right, now some people might be angry at me that I'm putting this particular movie ahead of some of those other classic movies. But coming in at number two, I have Krampus. Yes, the 2015 release of Krampus I found hilarious. Now, Adam Scott, I love Parks and Rec and I love watching him in action. He's a great actor and he should probably be doing more horror movies because he can keep the straight face going. Now, if you've never watched the movie Krampus or even heard of Krampus, you're missing out because it's so much fun to watch, but make sure you don't do it alone. I'm not saying that because you're going to get scared i'm saying that because you need to watch it with your friends so you can see their reactions and you can make fun of it have fun have some drinks laughs it's going to be awesome trust me it's lots of fun to get people together over the holidays and what better thing to do is then watch some horror movies so put krampus on and i'm guaranteeing you you won't have a bad night all right coming in at number one on the ghost train must watch christmas horror movie list is black christmas the original version that came out in 1974 is such a classic slasher movie that you need to watch this holiday season. If you haven't seen it, I'm not spoiling anything for you, but you need to get out there and watch this movie. And I haven't seen the remake that's just come out this year. I was actually supposed to go see it this weekend with my wife, but something happened and then none of the theaters were actually 
playing this movie, so we couldn't actually end up seeing it. But I will see it at some point, and I'll comment on it at another time. But right now I'm telling you that you need to get out there and watch the original Black Christmas that came out in 1974. You are not going to regret this. There's that classic scene. I can see it in my mind right now. It's one of those movies that there's certain scenes that just get imprinted into your mind. And it's that scene where the girl's just wrapped up in the plastic. It's just enough to just, oh my God, it just ingrains in your mind and you can't get it out of there. This movie has it all. You know, it's got the phone calls, the slasher aspect to it. It's just unbelievable. You need to get out there and watch it. I'm telling you, you will not regret watching Black Christmas over this holiday season. All right, that's it for the Ghost Train Top 5 Christmas Horror Movies to watch this season. There were some really classic horror movies on that list. Now, if I missed one, or you think it deserves to be on the list, send me your Top 5 list right now. Do it now! Get on Twitter. Tweet me. Hey, you missed this one. You need to add this to your list. Hey, maybe I have never seen that movie, so I can't comment on it. I need to know. Let me know. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram. Shoot me a message on Instagram. Comment on my picture. Let me know what I've missed. Let me know what I need to be watching this holiday season. All right, for this week's story, I'm going to be continuing the Christmas spooky vibes with a story about one of those little elf dolls. And no, I'm not talking about that alien that had that awesome 80s TV show. I'm talking about the elf on a shelf. Now, you know I hate creepy dolls, and this is why the story jumped out at me when I saw it, and I just had to share it with all of you ghost train passengers. So here we go. Next stop, Holiday Horror Part 2. All right, GT passengers, welcome on board the ghost train. Now, this story is going to be a little bit of a Christmas theme to it. So get your eggnog and get a little bit of rum in there to calm your nerves. Let's go. Now, have you ever heard of this elf on a shelf? It's a children's book that was released in 2005 that follows an elf that reports to Santa on who's been naughty and who's been nice. Now, they've later made this into a TV movie, and it's kind of become really popular with kids around Christmas time. But I'll never forget that elf. The one that terrorized me only a few weeks ago. I consider it a miracle I'm still here today to tell you this story. It all started the day after Halloween, Black Friday. I had just gotten home with my family. My mom was there, my dad and my five-year-old brother, Carson. We'd been shopping all morning, and you know, I'm waiting in line trying to get the good deals and the whole thing. And when we finally arrived home, I was the first one to open the door, and that's when I saw it. There on the coffee table, in our living room, was a bright, shiny red elf just staring at me. Now, I froze. That wasn't there when we left. How did it get there? I was pushed through the rest of the doorway by my brother who saw the elf but was much happier to see it. He ran to it, grabbed it, and then my mother came through the door and yelled, Carson! Stop! My brother froze and looked back at her in confusion. I did as well. My mother hurried over to the elf and said, Now both of you sit and listen very carefully. I was confused as hell. What was she up to? Still not knowing what was going on, I complied and I sat next to my brother on the carpet, facing my mom. And she said, Now here is a very special elf, one who must not be disrespected. Then she bent over and picked up a book sitting next to the elf, 
opened the front cover and began to read. This is an elf on a shelf. He is a special scout elf who zips back and forth to the North Pole every night and reports to Santa on whether or not the children he is looking after have been naughty or nice. Now she went on. Once a family has adopted an elf, they must give it a name for it to receive its Christmas magic. Christmas magic, I said? What a bunch of bull. I was 12 years old at the time, and I was well past the days of believing in Santa or the Easter Bunny. I certainly was not going to believe some stupid elf was going to come alive with Christmas magic. Then my mom went on. Each morning, the elf returns to his adopted family and is in a different place within the house. She continued, Sounds fun, huh? I was way too old for this crap. I mean, seriously, who would believe this bullshit? I then looked at my brother, who was rocking back and forth, crackling and clapping with his hands of joy. My mother went on, Now there are two simple rules that all children must follow with an elf in the house. First is, the elf can never be touched. If an elf is touched, it might lose its Christmas magic. Thus, it won't be able to fly back to the North Pole anymore. Second, an elf can't speak or move in any way while anyone in the house is awake. Remember, an elf's job is to watch and listen. I seriously could not believe what I just listened to. I said to my mom, you expect me to believe this crap? James, she yelled at me. I was looking at her with the same look I probably would give my brother when she'd tell me to share a toy with him, which I hated. This is stupid. I'm too old for this. I said again, this time trying harder to get my point across. My mom walked into the kitchen and yelled behind her, James, come in here now. I followed her and when I arrived, she grabbed my arm, bent over and looked me square in the eyes. Now you listen to me. You will not spoil this for your brother. If you don't want to participate, fine, but you better not say anything else about it not being real to Carson, or so help me God, I will make sure Santa does not give you any presents this year. I thought my mom was being completely ridiculous, but she had genuinely frightened me. She always had a habit of doing that sometimes. I swear she liked Carson more than me. Anyways, I agreed and it was settled. I ignored the elf and let my brother bask in its ignorance. Now, after our discussion, we went back into the living room. My mom asked my brother, So, Carson, what shall we name our elf? As quickly as my mom asked her question, my brother blurted out, Zippy! Because he zips to the North Pole every night and talks to Santa and says, If we've been naughty or nice. What a great name. Don't you agree, James? My mom said. Now you've given him his Christmas magic. My brother clapped his hands again. Yay, zippy, 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 zip, 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 zippy. And so that was it. The thing that would come to terrorize me and haunt me still to this day in my sleep was named Zippy. Now a few days went by without any incident, and every morning I woke up to the laughter and yelling of my younger brother as he ran through the house looking for that damn elf. Every morning he would be in a different place, just as it said in the book. 
but I knew it was my mother moving him around every night. One morning he was in the kitchen with his arm in the cookie jar, and another morning he was in Carson's room bent over in his toy chest with his legs sticking out. I still thought the idea was nonsense, but I stuck to the promise that I'd made to my mom. Yes, I guess everything was fine with Zippy. That is until the first night when my nightmare started. It was late, and I was downstairs by myself watching TV. I started to hear a faint whisper coming from the other room. Now I brushed it off the first couple times, but by the third time, I pressed mute on the remote and listened intensely. And now I couldn't make out what it was saying, but it was a definite sound like a whisper. And I decided to get up and have a little bit of a look to see what it was. I walked across the living room and into the dining room where I'd heard the whispering coming from. I fumbled around for the light and then finally I hit the switch on. I about shit myself. There standing on the dining room table was Zippy. His rosy red cheeks and bright piercing blue eyes that were looking directly at me. Now that thing creeped the fucking hell out of me. I figured my mom must have moved it in there earlier in the night. And I shrugged it off, turned around, and just before I killed the light, I heard a small thud. It hadn't startled me that much, and I turned around to see that Zippy had fallen off the table and was now laying face first on the floor. I thought to myself, how the hell did that happen? He was standing there though, so maybe his feet just gave out from under him? I kind of thought to myself. I put it aside me, went over to the table, and bent over to pick him up. Just before I grabbed him, I remembered what my mom said about the first rule. Zippy can never be touched. I'm not sure how long I stood there, bent over, thinking about that. This is just stupid, I thought. I don't believe in this damn game anyways. I got my senses together and I grabbed the elf. As soon as I touched him, bang! The light bulb above my head blew out and I almost dropped him. Standing there in the darkness, I suddenly felt very cold. The air around me had become freezing and unnatural. The TV from the other room was still on and barely illuminated the dining room. With the faint light from the other room casting on the elf, I flipped him over and looked at his face. I stood there for a moment in shock. I swear to God that his face had changed. Everything looked the same except for his mouth. Zippy now appeared to be wearing a smirk, but not just any smirk. I can't quite explain it, but it looked evil. The kind of smirk a murderer wears when he's getting his pure enjoyment from killing one of his victims. By that time it was late and I thought maybe it might be just my imagination had gotten the better of me. Before I left, I remembered I was still holding Zippy. Shit, I thought. I didn't want to disobey my mother, so I carefully put Zippy back in the position he was standing in on the table and left the room. I went back to the living room and turned off the TV. I turned on the hallway light and I proceeded towards the stairs. In order to get to the stairs, you have to pass the dining room. I started to walk by, 
not wanting to look at that thing, but for some reason I felt compelled to. Just before the stairs, I turned and saw Zippy. This time the hallway light was shining on part of the table where Zippy was, and there was no mistake. That fucking thing was smirking at me with his blue eyes still piercing into my soul. I ran up the stairs quickly, cut the light, and I went to my room. I got in bed and I pulled the covers tightly over my head. Now, I didn't sleep well that night, even though I knew that Zippy wasn't real and that all of this was just complete nonsense. Yet, for some reason, it still really bothered me. I couldn't mistake what I saw that night. Still to this day, that damned smirk is in my nightmares. Now I came downstairs the next morning, barely getting a wink of sleep. As I reached the bottom of the stairs, I peeked around the corner into the dining room. There he was, just as I left him, with his face back to normal. My mom called me over for breakfast, and as I was eating, I ran through all the events that had happened the night before. Could I really have just imagined everything that went on? Impossible. I can't forget that smirk I saw on that little shit's face. It must have been real. Still doubting myself, I decided to keep what I saw to myself. My brother seemed to receive more and more enjoyment from Zippy each passing day while I was just hating on this doll and his stupid games. I hated everything about him. The way that my mother continued to play with my senses of reality was not at all comforting either, yet Carson just seemed to go right along with it. Then came the fucking notes. I guess my mother decided it would be a good idea if Zippy started to leave me and my brother notes around the house. Just dumb messages really, telling us to be good and that whole kind of thing. The first one I saw was written in M&Ms, and I said, be good. Zippy sitting down next to my mother's creation. Now Carson was just loving this. The next one I found was, you better not pout, spelt in magnet letters on our refrigerator. This went on for about a week until something changed. Now I'm not sure what kind of sick game my mother was up to, but the messages started to get very unsettling and downright creepy. Now I came downstairs one day and saw that Zippy had spelled out another note in M&M's. I breezed over it at first, but on my second glance I noticed something eerie. The message again began with, be good, but it was followed by the words, or else. I figured that my mom was trying to relay the message to me this time, and I must say it really pissed me off. I mean, it's dumb enough to have to go along with this, but to now have notes directed at me saying stuff like, be good or else? What the hell is her problem? Can you imagine my frustration with this? Like later that night, I called her out on it. And her answer was simply puzzling. I asked her why she'd made the messages for me. She gave me a funny look and replied, James, please, I don't know what you're talking about. I made a message like that weeks ago and I haven't used the m and since. I didn't believe her at first, but it was something in the way that she said it that it just seemed so convincing. Whatever, I thought. I just gotta make it to Christmas and then this dumb shit will be over with. Now the next morning, my parents brought Carson to the doctors and I was on my way home alone. Not like the movie, but kinda. 
And when I got up, I went downstairs to the kitchen and I went to get a glass of milk. Ignoring the letters on the door, I got my milk. And when I shut the door, I looked at the fridge and dropped it. Milk splattered all over the kitchen floor while I was staring at the fridge in sheer horror. The magnet letters had spelled out, you better watch out. At that point, I wondered whether or not my mother was aware of the fear she was causing me. I still thought she had made this along with the other disturbing messages, but this was completely unlike her. I thought again to myself, there is no fucking way that elf could be doing this to me. I mean, it's not possible. And I couldn't sleep that night. I just laid in my bed, staring at the ceiling. I was beginning to become very paranoid, not wanting to know what was coming next. What other warnings might I receive? Was I going crazy? It's a question I pondered for a long time while I lied there. It was about three in the morning, go figure. I was just falling asleep when I heard a sound from the hallway. I ignored it at first, but it came again and again. And was really starting to scare me. I got up slowly, creaked open my door. I looked down the dark hallway and not a sound could be heard. I then noticed a thin silver light protruding beneath the bathroom door down the hallway. I figured it was nothing, but I saw shadows moving from the other side. I took a deep breath. And I walked down the hall on my tippy toes. I noticed that the door was slightly ajar with the light still on. No one was in there, but yet I felt compelled to look inside. I could feel a very cold chill coming from the room. I opened the door and turned my head to face the mirror. I still vividly see the image in my head. There, written in smeared toothpaste on the mirror, read, You better not cry. I'll show you why. I was frozen in horror. Unable to move, I then looked to my left and saw Zippy in the doorway just watching me. Quickly, I tried to run past him, but the rug from beneath my feet slipped out from under me. I tumbled backwards and fell hard on the ground. I let out a shriek of pain as I clenched my leg. I turned over and looked. A pair of scissors were sticking halfway out through my thigh. The pain was excruciating. I didn't know how it happened at the time, but I was certain now that Zippy had placed them there. My mom and dad came rushing into the bathroom having been woken up from the blood-shivering screams. My dad got the first aid kit out of the medicine cabinet after noticing the scissors that had been driven into my leg. I looked up and saw the mirror displaying nothing but smeared toothpaste. The message was gone. And Zippy was nowhere to be found. Now I was rushed to the ER where they removed the scissors and gave me a tetanus shot. My parents asked me what had happened. I told them it was Zippy, but they didn't believe me. My mom became very upset with me saying that I had broken the promise I had made her. The next night I was laying in bed, unable to fall asleep. For one, my legs still hurt like hell. 
And two, I was watching my door, making sure that goddamn elf didn't come and get me. I now knew I wasn't going crazy. That fucking elf was trying to kill me. Now, I eventually passed out after several hours from complete exhaustion. When I woke up, it was still early morning. No one else was awake yet, and I didn't find a need to get out of bed. It was still pretty dark in my room. I shifted my gaze towards my desk, and that's when I saw him. Zippy was standing on my desk, looking at me with those hollow blue eyes, and now wearing that undeniable smirk. I couldn't breathe when I saw he was holding a note. I was still paralyzed by fear, but somehow my body was able to crawl out of bed and walk over to the desk. This time it was different. The note was handwritten. I looked at it and I knew it was neither of my parents' handwriting. I held my breath, took the note out of his hand, and began to read it. You have been very naughty. You cried when I said not to. Santa doesn't like that. I couldn't take it anymore. I took the note with me. I walked down the hall and I kicked my parents' door open. My mom awoke suddenly and I showed her the note and she became very upset and the color had drained from her face. After about a minute, I said, Mom, Zippy is not what you think he is. He's trying to kill me. I pleaded with her for a while and yet she still didn't believe me. She did, however, become very concerned with my mental state. Now, later that day, she scheduled an appointment with me to talk to a psychiatrist. Now, it didn't go very well. The psychiatrist said that I was starving for attention and that I was making these stories up about Zippy as a way of reaching out for a reaction. Now, I argued with her, but it was no use. Now, after all was said and done, the psychiatrist suggested to my mother that it would be best to get rid of Zippy. Later that day, she got rid of Zippy, and she had to tell a sob story to Carson. My mother said, Carson, you have been such a good boy that Zippy doesn't need to watch you anymore. His job here is done, and he needs to go and watch other kids to make sure that they will be good as well. My brother was so upset, but he seemed to understand. Everything returned to normal the next week. Zippy was gone. I was out of school for the holidays, and I had finally started to get into the Christmas spirit. I thought, now I can really start to enjoy Christmas, and my life will be back to normal. That's what I thought, anyway. Until Christmas Eve. It was night, and I was tired and anxious for the morning to come. Carson and I had just put out milk and cookies for Santa. Not like I still believe in it, but I still had some fun nonetheless. And now at bedtime... I fell asleep rather quickly, thinking about my gifts and wondering if I was going to get everything I wanted. I awoke in the middle of the night to a noise. I laid there silent, trying to listen. It sounded like whispering coming from outside my door. I shivered. It was the same whisper I heard with Sippy. I'd nearly forgotten about him since my mom got rid of him. I got up and peeked out my door. I heard the whispering coming from down the hall. I 
then became very curious. After all, it was Christmas Eve, and in the middle of the night, I could hear whispering coming from downstairs. I thought, it couldn't possibly be Santa, could it? I felt silly thinking such a thing. However, it wouldn't hurt to check. Or would it? I slowly descended down the stairs, anxious as to what I might find. I looked into the living room, and I couldn't see anything. I walked around the table and looked where we had placed the milk and cookies. They were both partially gone. My mom must have done this after we had gone to bed. Everything seemed normal until I noticed a piece of paper under the plate which held the cookies. That's funny, I thought. I hadn't noticed that there before. I went over to the table and picked up the note. I turned it over and began to read. Dear James, you didn't think I'd forgotten about you. How could I forget about my favorite child? You see, James, you thought you'd gotten rid of me. Your mom simply threw me out in the trash. I can't go out that easily. You see, I've been watching you ever since you first saw me on the coffee table. All those messages no one else claims to have seen. It was me, James. That's the one who's been watching your every move. I know what you're thinking, but your parents won't help you. No, they won't be able to reach you in time. For you see, I'm in your house now, watching you panic while sweat runs down your neck. There's no escape from me. How does the old tune go? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. I'm why, James. I'm why. See you soon. Sincerely, your pal, Zippy. My body shut down. I couldn't breathe. I gasped for air, but it couldn't reach my lungs. My legs felt like jelly. I was shaking uncontrollably. I dropped the note and darted out of the living room. I sprinted up the stairs, and right at the top of the steps, I saw a toy train that I knew belonged to Carson. I couldn't stop myself in time, and I tripped over the train and tumbled backwards, crashing down the stairs as I laid at the bottom of the stairs, throbbing in pain and about to lose consciousness. But right before I blacked out, I looked up the flight of steps. Behind the top post, I noticed the faint outline of Zippy with a wide smirk on his face. I woke up the next morning in the hospital. The doctor said I had broken my right arm, one of my ribs, and my leg. My family surrounded me and comforted me. We didn't make it to the part about how I fell down the stairs. Frankly, they were just happy I was still in one piece. After a brief chat, I said I needed some rest. My family agreed and they let me be. This is where I tell you the story now. I knock on the door and the nurse comes in holding a gift wrap package and a card. Here, James, says the nurse. Someone left this for you in the waiting room. She placed the package and the note on my bed. I asked her who it was from, and the nurse replied, I'm not really sure. I was just told to make sure that you'd gotten it. She then turned around and left. Leave me alone with the gift. A present, maybe? 
I looked at the card and it was pretty bare and just said the words, Merry Christmas. I opened it and I began to read. Dear James, I thought you might need some company while you're in here. You better watch out because I'm always watching. Oh my God, that is just freaky, freaky stuff. Can you imagine having one of those stupid little dolls terrorizing you? Oh my God. Poor James. Like, geez, this guy can't catch a break. Scissors in the leg and then broken leg and a broken arm and a cracked rib. Like, holy geez. That is clearly a movie that's got to get made at some point. Now, I do want to thank James for sending that story in from Creepypasta. Awesome stuff. Thanks so much, man. I hope you enjoyed this holiday horror story. It's now time for you to go toss on gremlins and have a fun, spooky night with some eggnog, some friends and family, and get ready for the holidays to begin. If you have a scary story that you want me to tell on the GT podcast, contact me on social media and send it over. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Ghost Train Podcast. And on Twitter, hit me up at Ghost Train Pod. Don't forget to support the Ghost Train Podcast on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Ghost Train Podcast. Now, this is a place where you can get shoutouts on the Ghost Train Podcast or even get your episodes early. Head on over and check it out. If it's something that you're interested in supporting, that's awesome. This is all for me to be able to get better equipment so that you can have clearer, crisper sound when I'm telling you these awesome, creepy ghost stories. All right. I'm going to go pour myself an eggnog, and I'm definitely going to be slipping in a bit of that Sailor Jerry's, too. Until the next ghost train gets in the station, be safe, be scary, and as always, good luck sleeping tonight.